Hi there. Welcome to our podcast, Everything About Hydrogen, a show that converts the technical to the relatable and explores how hydrogen might change the energy world as we know it. My name is Andrew Leadham. I'm an associate director here at Inspiratia. And throughout this podcast, we're going to be talking a short Hydrogen 101 review and technology overview. I'm excited to have with me Chris Jackson. Chris is a hydrogen and fuel cell consultant working for the World Bank and Inspiratia, amongst others. Let's get started. All right, Chris, basic stuff. What's hydrogen? Perfectly fair question. I think uh, probably most people I know so start with that one. So hydrogen is uh, it's a molecule. It's the lightest known element in the periodic table. It is also the most abundant uh, molecule that we have in the universe. Around 60-70% of the universe is hydrogen-based. Hydrogen is an extremely versatile um, element. It can be used to create very complex hydrocarbons, so natural gas, oil, and various other things. Um, it's obviously the basis of water, H2O. The reason why we're talking about hydrogen, really, and the reason for the podcast talking about hydrogen is because of its applications in the energy sector. Traditionally, hydrogen is something that is thought of as a feedstock for industrial and chemical processes. So really what we're looking at now, which I guess is a bit different, is the idea of hydrogen as a energy storage medium. Hydrogen is quite rich in energy. For every kilo of hydrogen, there's about 33.33 kilowatt hours of energy. So it's very, very energy dense. Um, but traditionally, it's been very expensive to find an application for that. So that's kind of what hydrogen is in the context we're talking about it today. Right. Sure. And in that context, in the energy context, what? How do how do we use hydrogen? What is that? What do you mean to say when we're talking about hydrogen as a storage medium, as a as an energy producer? What what does that mean? So traditionally, when people would have thought about hydrogen energy, they would have thought about it in the context of hydrogen being a feedstock for something else, right? So hydrogen either for refining petroleum products, um, or for methanol, or even for things like ammonia. When we're talking about hydrogen today, predominantly uh, in sort of the new news articles that you'll read or on TV, people are talking about hydrogen that can be consumed via a technology called a fuel cell. And when we do that, we encourage hydrogen to react with oxygen across a membrane. And really, uh, that is a chemical reaction that creates as its byproduct electricity, water and heat. And that is what we talk about today when we talk about hydrogen in the context of energy. There are other applications for hydrogen's energy, the most obvious one being that you can actually combust hydrogen. Just as you can combine oxygen with hydrogen in a chemical reaction, you can also create a thermal reaction by putting the two of them together. Now, there may be uh, certain reasons why uh, you would want to go down the combustion route over the chemical route, which depend on the application. So co-firing, for example, in a natural gas um, generator, it would make sense sometimes to mix hydrogen and natural gas together and to use a combustion-based process. But typically today when we talk about hydrogen for energy, most people are referring to it in the context of fuel cells and it being a chemical process. Speaking of hydrogen, you know, how do you use hydrogen? There's also the question of how do we describe hydrogen? There's, there's blue, there's green, gray. What, what's going on? Yeah, sure. So what people have to remember is that uh, hydrogen isn't new. So hydrogen is already a pre-existing market that is largely used for industrial applications. It's a feedstock for other things. And so in the context of the energy world, we're kind of at the starting phase of describing hydrogen, right? Because traditionally, we made most hydrogen through either extracting it out of natural gas or extracting it from coal. 
Um, and today we call that gray hydrogen, effectively. Um, there's also hydrogen that can be made from chemical byproducts. So if you're creating chlorine gas, which people use for a whole variety of applications, um, chloroalkali process will create hydrogen as a byproduct. So sometimes that's called captive hydrogen as well, which is another term to throw into your list. Uh, the really interesting ones that people are talking about now today in the energy context or in the context of the energy revolution are blue and green. And blue is the idea of we keep doing what we're already doing today. So we use coal and we use gas, but we add carbon capture to it so that we capture the carbon from that. And it's seen as carbon neutral or low carbon hydrogen. The one that is really exciting investors and exciting lots of policymakers is this idea of green hydrogen. And there are a few subcategories of that, but probably the best known one, the one that we will talk about probably the most is uh, using a technology called electrolysis or an electrolyzer, where you take an electrical current and water and water is H2O. So you simply split out the oxygen and the hydrogen. And then in that form, you have created hydrogen from electricity. And if, as long as the electricity is renewable, so solar, wind, wave, tidal, geothermal, whatever, it can be considered to be green hydrogen. So that's kind of like the colors as a crash course. Excellent. Okay. Now I'll bring you back full circle to the fuel cell question. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> Let's start big picture, Chris. What are fuel cells? What am I talking about? Why are we here? Why are we having this podcast? Really simply, what a fuel cell does is it takes hydrogen either in a pure form or extracted from another form of complex hydrocarbon, and it will then combine it with atmospheric oxygen. And from that process, it creates heat, water, and electricity. There's various different types of fuel cell technologies. The way that most people in the industry classify the difference is between low temperature and high temperature fuel cells. So low temperature fuel cells tend to be um, a little bit more dynamic and adaptable, which is where PEM, which is the most commonly known fuel cell technology, fits in. It can be quite easily ramped up and ramped down, um, and it can operate in a whole range of environments, and hence why it's quite often used for mobility applications, and it's probably the best known. But if you actually want to talk about high temperature, which is the sort of industrial side of it and the commercial side of it, then really we're talking about different technologies. And the best ones known there are solid oxide fuel cells, phosphoric acid fuel cells, and molten carbonate fuel cells. Now, those markets themselves are predominantly using hydrogen from natural gas, but they're very, very efficient. They run at above 60% electrical efficiency in the case of um, solid oxide fuel cells. Um, but in molten carbonate or in um, phosphoric acid fuel cells, quite often you combine the heat with the electricity. And then by heat, I mean you can either use it through an air conditioning process. So, for example, there are some fuel cells that provide air conditioning as well as electricity to parts of California. Or it's pure heat for industrial or commercial purposes, which is being used in the UK and some of the skyscrapers, for example. But you get that kind of hybridization. So fuel cells kind of run across that gamut, depending on what applications you want, going all the way from a few watts up to multi-megawatt. Right on. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can let the listeners go back and rewind. Yeah, if they want so to. far you've crushed it. Uh, my question is, so we know the technology. Sure. And the first episode we'll touch on this. So don't dive too deep on this because it'll spoil it for everybody sure. else. But uh Let's talk about the markets, right? This is a finance issue or a financial uh, a financial podcast, an investor podcast. What's what's the size of the hydrogen market? Where, where you know, I, I understand that there are all these electric vehicle charging companies out there. Why are we talking hydrogen? And what are the applications outside of transportation? Sure. I mean, so, so hydrogen, as I said, is already a pre-existing market. Uh, today, depending on the number source, and it is quite variable depending on the source, but you'll get ranges between 55 to 65 million tons of hydrogen is produced annually. Uh, market cap of around $135 billion, growing at around 8% compound average growth rate. 
Um, so it's a fairly sizable market. That is mostly for industrial applications today. The amount actually used for energy is very small, but that is seen as the most exciting growth segment. You touched on mobility. I mean, to give you a sense of progress, in 2005, there was something like 200 EVs on the road. And today we're at 5 million, right? So we've taken ourselves nearly 20 years to get to, sorry, math is terrible. We talk about 19, let's say 2005, we had a few hundred cars. This, is a, this is a problem with the British education system. I know, right? It's shocking. Um, so no, so take 14 years. So we've taken 14 years in the EV market to get from a couple of hundred EVs to the point where we're at 5 million, right? And if we strip out China, we're probably two and a half million EVs now, maybe three million EVs now. If I took at the fuel cell market, the first commercial fuel cell vehicles went on the road in 2013. Um, today, there are 13 and a half thousand fuel cell electric vehicles worldwide. So in five years, you've gone from zero to 13 and a half thousand. If people also look at the EV reports, we went from half a million to a million in a year in the EV market. So yeah, it's quite small relatively the mobility piece, but it is a growing piece. And beyond the mobility thing, because you're right, it is more than that. Uh, you also have to look at stationary use cases, right? So today, uh, I think Bloom Energy have over 300 megawatts of deployed stationary power. Doosan have over 120 megawatts of installed power. Uh, fuel cell energy, I think, are again, over 60, 70 megawatts installed. Uh, and I believe globally, over two gigawatts of fuel cells have been shipped. So you're looking at a market that is growing pretty rapidly and dynamically. You're looking at a market that doesn't just constrain itself to the power sector. It has industrial applications. It has energy applications. It has this long duration storage aspect, which people have talked about a lot and will talk about on the podcast. But I think the reason why investors should be interested in it is because fundamentally, power is only 20% of the game. Right? In the whole energy landscape, power is 20% of global energy consumption. And if you think about that for a second, and you think about what the solar world has done, the wind world has done, and the battery world has done in that context, and you think that leaves 80% of the game to play for, and this is a technology that gives you that 80% and the 20% part of it as well, people should be excited and should be thinking about it. I think that's a perfect note to end on, Chris. All righty. Well, thank you, Chris, for uh, running us through the basics of the hydrogen world. We hope that's been helpful for our, our listeners and that uh, they'll join us for episode one, which you can find on the same site as this episode. Sure. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Anytime. 